Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house. From the St. Louis Public Radio Newsroom, this is The Gateway. It's Thursday, February 6th. I'm Wayne Pratt. Ahead, St. Genevieve National Historical Park has its first superintendent. It's a big step in recognizing the oldest permanent European settlement in Missouri. Being a little farm town, kind of off the beaten track, St. Genevieve and all of its properties survived the test of time and are still standing today. St. Genevieve National Historical Park Superintendent Chris Collins tells us about the area's history and efforts to become a full unit of the National Park Service. First, the headlines. Missouri's two senators have voted against throwing President Donald Trump out of office. St. Louis Public Radio's Jason Rosenbaum reports on the decisions by Republican Senators Josh Hawley and Roy Blunt. Even after the House impeached Trump late last year, it was an extreme long shot that 67 senators would vote to remove the GOP chief executive from office. That's because Republicans like Holly and Blunt are in the majority and had continually spoken out against impeachment. During a speech on the Senate floor, Holly contended impeachment detracted from more pressing matters like stamping out drug addiction and human trafficking. Imagine what we could do for those who have been forgotten from our rural towns to our inner cities. Imagine what we could do to give them control over their own destinies. The House impeached Trump for seeking to leverage aid to Ukraine in exchange for announcing investigations into former Vice President Joe Biden. I'm Jason Rosenbaum, St. Louis Public Radio. Illinois' two Democratic senators, Dick Durbin and Tammy Duckworth, voted for impeachment. Opera Theater of St. Louis is marking the largest donation in its history. As St. Louis Public Radio's Jeremy Goodwin reports, a longtime supporter has left it $45 million. Opera Theater board member Phyllis Brissenden died in December. Theater officials knew she planned to leave the organization some money. They were stunned when they found out how much. When General Director Andrew Jorgensen met with the executor of Brissenden's estate a few weeks ago... I sort of fell out of my chair... When he told me the number, we knew that Phyllis had planned a gift to Opera Theater. We had no idea the scale. The largest single donation the opera received before was $2 million. It describes Brissenden's gift as one of the largest ever given to an American opera company. The money will boost the opera's endowment to $80 million. Jorgensen says that will ensure the long-term financial health of Opera Theater of St. Louis. I'm Jeremy Goodwin, St. Louis Public Radio. Thousands of Chiefs fans gathered in downtown Kansas City yesterday to celebrate the team's Super Bowl victory. Quarterback Patrick Mahomes was among those who addressed the crowd during the big rally. This season, the adversity we deal with, with the injuries. I mean, my knee was in the side of my leg, but we still went back and we won the Super Bowl. The Chiefs defeated the San Francisco 49ers 31-20 on Sunday. Mahomes was named the game's most valuable player. And he's already been to Disney World. St. Genevieve, a small town about an hour south of St. Louis, was settled by the French in the early 1700s. Several colonial structures survive today, leading to parts of St. Genevieve to be designated a National Historical Park in 2018. Now it has its first superintendent. I spoke with Chris Collins about his new job and what makes St. Genevieve special. 
what's really interesting about it is it's kind of survived time. It was forgotten, unlike St. Louis, where all of the uh, vertical log structures were eventually taken down and replaced with more modern structures, being a little farm town kind of off the beaten track. St. Genevieve and all of its properties survived the test of time and are still standing today. Talk to me a bit about those structures, specifically if I'm pronouncing this correctly, the style Porto-en-Terre construction. The Porto-en-Terre construction, vertical log structure, where typically cedar posts were buried directly into the earth. They used cedar, of course, because it wouldn't rot, and those those were used as the uh, main support for the structure. It's interesting that only five of these particular houses survive in North America to this day, and three of the five exist in St. Genevieve. Why is that? It's to the test of time because it's off the beaten path. Luckily for St. Genevieve, I know there have been some floods along the Mississippi, but their houses have survived. I know that some of them have had the basements flooded, but other houses that existed in North America didn't survive natural disasters. Building techniques and technology improved over the years, too? Well, absolutely. Like I said, uh, St. Louis, I think it was 1875, the last Poto on Terre house was uh, torn down. I was reading a bit on your background. You spent time in Indiana at Indiana Dunes. I'm assuming you were there when it received the National Park Service designation. That's correct. Yeah. In uh, 2019, uh, Indiana Dunes National Lakeshore became Indiana Dunes National Park. Is there anything from that experience you can apply to St. Genevieve as it strives for the same designation? St. Genevieve is a national historical park. It was authorized as a national historical park, but we're not yet established. The legislation for St. Genevieve said that the National Park Service had to acquire enough property to make it a manageable unit of the National Park Service before it would be formally established. And this time, we own one house, the uh, Beauvais Amaro House, which the state of Missouri donated to us. And we're currently in the process of closing on another house that the Colonial Dames of America, St. Louis chapter, recently donated to the National Park Service, and that is the Jean-Baptiste Valet House. Is there a minimum number of structures you have to have under your control before you get to the next level of the Park Service? We've been scratching our heads on this one. Somewhere in the early days, right after the legislation passed in 2018, we were working with the Colonial Dames on five properties that they were thinking of potentially donating. So for some reason, five kind of stuck in everyone's mind, but it's really up to the Secretary of the Interior side. We're thinking somewhere between three and five. We'd like to quickly get to that five mark just because that's kind of the the number we've been working toward. Is there any way to put a timeline on this effort? Unfortunately, no. We're working with the state of Missouri. They have a few additional properties that they are thinking about donating to us. So we're hoping we could reach some kind of partnership agreement with them so they would still have presence in the community and help to operate those structures. What are your big goals for this job? Park Service is relatively new in the community, but there are a number of other organizations that have been around for quite some time. They have a lot of ideas about what they want to do with various ownership by private individuals, other non nonprofit partners. I really want to get in good with those particular organizations, find out their direction, and see if I can get everyone on the same page so we're all moving in the same direction. A big thanks to Maria Altman for editing that report. Shula Newman is the executive editor of St. Louis Public Radio. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I'm Wayne Pratt. I'll be out tomorrow. Rachel Littman will be behind this microphone. From the St. Louis Public Radio newsroom, this has been The Gateway.
Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association. Missouri produces wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details on the variety of products made in the state are at ChooseWood.com.